You're listening to Keystone Cold Cases, a podcast where we reignite cold cases across Pennsylvania. Hey, it's Grace. Hi, it's Shannon. Hey, it's Chelsea. And today we're going to do a spooky episode about Valley Forge. And sometimes I take for granted where I live at times. And along with the other ladies that I'm on with tonight, um, we live in the suburbs of Philadelphia and we are extremely close to Valley Forge. And it is absolutely beautiful. I'm sure you both have been there before. Yep. I'd assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's only 15, 20 minutes away. And sometimes I even drive by it just to go to work. Or I know there's a mall near there that we drive by. And sometimes if Landon has to go to the um, like emergency room, we take him to the new one, new Tropic King of Prussia. So we go by Valley Forge quite often, um, honestly. And sometimes we drive through it if the 422 is backed up. And it's absolutely amazing. And Right now, the, the leaves are starting to change, and I think it's the best time to be in Valley Forge. Um, it is so scenic and wonderful. So for my family, we absolutely love this National Historic Park. There are dozens of well-maintained trails. There's a functioning church named the Washington Memorial Chapel. Uh, there's a gift shop. Beautiful. That chapel is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. It is. People get I married there. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yep. You, If you're there, you most likely see people getting pictures there for anything ranging from weddings to homecoming, prom, etc. It's beautiful. Actually, I didn't put it in here, but I know that the church has been struggling. I don't know if it, I think it was after COVID, they actually thought they were going to have to shut and they were doing like major crowdsourcing, trying to raise money to stay. I did see those signs. Yeah, which is really, really sad. And they do... I don't know. Um, I was like trying to look into it, but obviously this case isn't about the church. Um, it's not your typical religion. It, they focus a lot about George Washington. Um, so it's not like Catholic or Christian. It's and I don't know. I, I wasn't was aware of that. That is interesting. Was not aware of yeah what denomination or what it was exactly. And it's like super patriotic, which then it just makes me worry. Like, I was at church the other day, and I know for a fact that churches can't, like, say, like, oh, we're Republicans. Oh, you know, X, Y, and Z, because they are tax-exempt and everything like that, and they're not supposed to be like that. So I just think it's strange. I don't know how they work. I've read a lot of comments saying that the church is, like, super patriotic, and, like, they talk about, like, politics and stuff like that. So I don't know how it works. But I do know, personally, that they do a wonderful singing event for Christmas. And that is, I think, one of their highest um, oh. nights of like making money where people like give donations and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have never been to a service. This is stuff that I read online. But the church is beautiful. <laughs> Very beautiful. Yes. <laughs> and honestly, the shop cafe and the gift shop and there's also a bookstore that's connected with the church. That's part of the church's actual property, um, which is located on Valley Forge State Park. So in Philadelphia Business Journal, it stated that Valley Forge was one of the most visited tourist attractions in the Philadelphia region in 2022. And it's amazing to think that 1,645,298 visitors came to Valley Forge, especially after COVID. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how they dictate that, but I feel like a lot of locals go there constantly. I mean, the running trails are absolutely amazing. And I know like local families go all the time. 
So I don't know how they calculate that, but it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I lived in Bridgeport for a year, uh, which is near King of Prussia for people that don't know. But I walked on the trails quite a bit there and I didn't always see people. So how would they how would they even know I was there? I'm guessing it's just an estimate. The only thing that I could think of, there is a welcome center where you can get tours and stuff like that. So I don't know if it's like the people that go to the welcome center. I'm not sure. Sure. It's the only thing I could think. Hmm. But like you said, sometimes there's no one and sometimes there's masses. Yes. It depends what time, what day you're going for sure. Yep. So some people might not know why Valley Forge attracts so many visitors. So I would hope that you do. But they possibly don't. So we're going to talk about it. <laughs> Educate us. Um, yes. Uh, and I hate to do this. This is kind of like a slight history lesson. Uh, when we've done this before in the past, I think we did a couple prisons and it was like pretty detailed. Some of our listeners really, really enjoyed that part of yeah. it. So we love to learn. Do, yeah. If you like it, great. If not, skip to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be jumping back to the late 1700s during the American Revolution. Uh, and during this time, uh, we are in the process of winning our freedom from um, Great Britain in December of 1777, General George Washington arrived with the Continental Army to Valley Forge. And at this point in time, things were looking pretty bleak for the men. The Continental Army had recently suffered defeats at various locations. They lost rebel capital, which was Philadelphia, and it was entering the winter months. So needless to say, hunger, cold, and fatigue created an agonizing atmosphere for these men. Valley Forge was chosen for its quote-unquote, perfect location. It was close enough to Philadelphia. It was close to fresh water because there are uh, streams along, well, throughout Valley Forge, if you will. And um, obviously, abundance of wood for fire. And the best uh, thing for them was ability to have a defensive position um, because there are pretty high uh, slopes in Valley Forge where they could stay and be able to see the troops coming. What George Washington thought was going to be this perfect location turned into a nightmare for the troops. They were ill-prepared for staying at the encampment for approximately six months. It is estimated 2,000 people had died, not due to battle, but because of the diseases running rampant, starvation, and the lack of proper clothing. Now, in my head, even though I've grown up around here and I think I am like a pretty good history person, I was just completely thrown off actually doing like real deep diving. Because in school, we're getting like the bare basics and like... Sure. I mean, I've never really had to dive deep into this before, so I don't know. Um, we're going to learn some stuff today. So I really thought that this winter was the roughest winter, I guess, because like people had died, I think, the most at this encampment. But it actually wasn't even the coldest winter during the revolution at all. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, having the lack of resources was the biggest problem and really what led to all of the death. It was stated that there were a ton of bloody footprints because soldiers didn't have shoes or socks. Oh, yikes. Yes. And a large portion of these soldiers were rendered useless because of the fact that they didn't have shoes, socks, coats, or blankets. And you would think, why wouldn't soldiers desert or experience like a mutiny within like the this group of men and... Another reason why it was so surprising is because there was definitely rivalries between the military leaders, but George Washington had created this like super steady leadership and held the loyalty of all his soldiers. Like we all hear those great things. There's a reason why he's like 
pictured on a lot of our stuff. Um, but needless to say, even though they stayed at Valley Forge, um, it was not a fun, fun time. Uh, if you look in history books, they kind of like gloss over like the hardships because I guess in the long run, it was beneficial because in February of 1978, this man, Baron Frederick von Steuben, um, arrived and became the unofficial inspector general and he created drills for the army to practice. He had previous experience in the Prussian army during the Seven Years War and this combat training kind of transformed the soldiers to a well-disciplined army. And according to the American Battlefield Trust, Valley Forge was significant, not only for the reshaping of Washington's army, but for the dedication, endurance and resilience demonstrated by Americans in their cause for independence. That's interesting to think of because you can see the wooden huts still. Yeah. Well, I, are they they can't be original. Are they just reconstructed? They're, they're replicas. OK, um, yeah. you can see the replicas of the huts and that can't have protected them. Very well. No. Even if it wasn't a super harsh Nothing. winter, if you don't have the right supplies, you're done for. And honestly, I don't think everyone had huts because I, if I remember correctly, I did a lot of this research yesterday. I think they arrived with about 10,000 men. And by the time they were leaving with like all the combat training, it jumped to like 18,000. So there was a lot wow. of people there. Wow. Yeah. There's no way that yeah. they all had shelter. Yeah. So they may have like, you know, shifts, you know, I mean, it was still based on what they have reconstructed. It, it's not a lot. So yeah. I imagine there was probably more, but probably, you know, shift work, you know, stuff, some guys looking out while others slept and, you know, that maybe, you know, shared the quarters a little bit better with so many soldiers. That's very true. And it could be that maybe higher up soldiers got the actual structures and maybe lower down got maybe more like fabricy tent type thing. Sure. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. So you would think with such a high death toll at Valley Forge, there would be grave sites. Am I right? I would assume. Yep. Like, where'd all those bodies go? To the unmarked graves in Philadelphia. <laughs> in the 1800s, an area with unmarked graves were discovered. It was south of Route 23 near the sites known as Varnum's and Huntington's Quarters. Then in the late 1800s, a hilled area was eroding and revealed knee bones of soldiers. Cool. So it is assumed it is another camp bur burial ground, and both these areas were honored with monuments. Over the last century, other burial grounds were attempted to be located. The site Historic Valley Forge claims other graves were identified in the 1930s by the Veterans Graves Registration Division of the WPA, which I was not 100% sure what that stands for. I think it's Works Progress Administration, but it doesn't really make sense, but I couldn't find what else it could be. So <laughs> don't quote me. So the basis for their identification is unknown today, so it's not really 100% confirmed if it was a burial. Now, people consider discovering other burial grounds could disturb unknown resting places of revolutionary soldiers, so they don't want to disturb them. I read other sites saying that soldiers that became ill would have been taken to outlying hospitals. And to me, that doesn't quite make sense since there didn't seem to be a lot of organization. Right. At all. So I just don't understand. 2,000 people, like, I mean, that's a rough estimate. It could have been more, could have been less. That's a lot of people to be shipping in and out with already lack of resources in my mind. 
Yeah, I would assume so. And I assume they weren't moving people very far if they were trying to be hunkered down and have their like defensive position. And if they were able to move them out, why weren't they able to bring back provisions? Like, you know, more more blankets, more supplies, more food. So. And it wasn't, I will say this, I was also doing research and not to sound like they didn't care about these soldiers. George Washington, um, he was doing all he could trying to get the Congress like that was setting up. I mean, this was the time that we were like literally starting our country. Right. I'm um, trying to get these people to get them the provisions they needed. It wasn't working. So he actually did set up um these little, I call them like runs. He'd have a couple men go out and like search for food, which blows my mind because if you're driving through Valley Forge, this is the place I'm most afraid of of hitting a deer. There's so much game. And the when I was reading, it seemed like there was like almost nothing. But then again, they would need a lot of game for that many men. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And then it also led in my head, like if they did have horses to transport people, if you have starving thousands of men, you're going to need those horses. <laughs> that makes me so sad. I mean, I totally well, yeah. understand the will to survive, but um, Jesus. But like in my head, like if they can't even get provisions for the men, were they getting provisions for the animals? So maybe they did have to put them down because they couldn't even feed them. So it's like a whole entire circle in my head of why it just doesn't make sense that these men were going elsewhere. Right. Sure. That's just me. (laughs) And I'm not, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it is assumed that due to the lack of this like food and fatigue, disease was able to run rampant. And really the diseases were wreaking havoc at the time. And the diseases during that time period were typhus, typhoid, dysentery, smallpox, and influenza. And um, really, these diseases were caused by poor sanitation, poor handling of food, lack of antibiotics. And really, you know, they were in this situation because they were in a rural setting and didn't have resources. So how are they going to be able to move these very sick people? Like, I guess I didn't know what typhus was, um, but like... We know what the other ones are. These people are like really, really sick. And there's not like a huge time frame, like after they do get sick. So it's like you would have to be moving a lot of people at a lot of time. How are they moving all these people? It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. <sighs> there's also um, something to note that I found, which also promotes my theory of no one left. Uh, There were diaries and journals kept by surgeons and doctors who were part of George Washington's encampment. So they had doctors and surgeons there. Why are they leaving to go see a doctor and surgeon if you have them on camp? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Ah, the frustration. I was so frustrated last night Um, (laughs) while doing this. Um. With all that being said, and that small little history lesson, um, there have been documented ghost sightings for over two centuries in that particular area. After the revolution, it was reported people saw, you know, fires along Valley Forge. But I mean, this was like a long time ago. And, you know, seeing a fire from far away, it could have actually just been people. There's no like it wasn't like they saw apparitions kind of like um, Grace had mentioned in her episode about the zoo It was like kind of seeing fires. Or hearing muskets, you know, going off. But that could also be just, like, maybe someone hunting or, like, something going on. It wasn't... I don't know how to explain it. 
people are hearing these like off in the distance in the woods. They claim that it's ghosts, but maybe, maybe it wasn't. Maybe there are actual like, um, I can't even think of the word, but there's reasons why they were hearing or seeing these things, obviously. But we'll talk about stories nowadays. And they do seem to come from park rangers. And honestly, it was actually pretty hard to find stories. In my head, I thought that I was like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a treasure of this. going to be so easy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not. not That's surprising all. to me. And I mean, yes. I've been at Valley Forge when it's getting dark and it can get creepy. Actually, I think it was in high school. I went with a friend and was like creeping around there at night. We were quote unquote ghost hunting. And I mean, it's it's a creepy place. I would assume. Oh, yeah. People would have stories. I went there. I mean, we go there so many times. There's actually like a memorial, which I didn't know was a memorial. It's not properly placed. And me and Landon went in it. You're not supposed to. It actually says it on the thing. This tiny little placard for this huge, like, it's like a huge hill. You're not supposed to go down and in. (laughs) Oops. We did. Yeah, I took a picture of my friends, the park rangers, like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> but um, we were there during the day, and I guess he had to go to the bathroom. So I walked him to, like, the tree line just to, you know, pee. And um, it just got so definitely quiet, even though it's right along a major road. Yeah. For being outside, it is can get definitely just so quiet. Yes. It's eerie. That's true. Yep. Yeah. And it wasn't even like we were deep in the forest. We were literally along the trail line and it was silent. <laughs> um, but so some of the stories that I found online, and like I said, there's not a lot. Um, someone said there is supposedly a well in the middle of the woods in Valley Forge Park. Um, I have never seen one and I've explored the place. But then again, this is a huge, vast national park. There's a lot of places to go. Um, and I've never heard the story before. Apparently, like, no one can get near the well close enough to even touch it. Um, and there's this type of force that prohibits anyone from getting close. So who knows? Um, and I did put down that the park is 3,500 acres. It's a pretty big area. It's huge. And there's so many trees. I mean, it's a Pennsylvania oh, yeah. park. <laughs> there's lots of trails, but there's so much area j- that's just trees. But yep. now I really need to go find this well. We need to go find the well <laughs> no. right now. <laughs> yeah. Field trip. Yeah. The only thing that I could think maybe is, um, I don't know exactly where it is like to say it from like my mind, but if I was at the park, I would know there's a tree that so many people like flock to. And it's not really like a touristy thing. It's not brought up for tourists, but if you're a local it's like a weird tree that bends weird. And I could only think that maybe the well's near there um, because a lot of only like really locals know about it. And I knew kids from high school that would take me there. Uh, and my grandmother actually took Landon and my niece and nephew there and they thought it was so cool. But the trees, um, it actually kind of bends like Grace did a story about uh, Newtown Square. I think last year how the trees kind of bend weird. Yes, they bend away from the road <laughs> because I guess the road is evil or whatever. So they're bending away yeah. from it well this tree is, is that the transport one yes 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 yep yeah they go like this. yeah 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 this one kind of it's all they're almost like seats they kind of bend like horizontal and then go up but it's actually on someone's property so when you are visiting you are trespassing just oh. so you know um 
but it's the only place I could really think maybe where the well was near, but that was the only thing I thought. Um, yeah. Uh, so then two, there are multiple cabins located at Valley Forge. Shannon said that they are reconstructed. So a lot of tourists take pictures. They, after they get their film developed, they notice orbs, foggy areas, or even have apparitions of soldiers in their developed pictures. Someone had posted one and um, it looked creepy. Um, I don't think I tagged it because I didn't want to because it was her personal picture. And obviously I did not have her permission. But if you look up this stuff, you can see them. Nine times out of 10, these apparitions have like soldiers clothing on, if you will. Wow. Um, and a lot of people say that they feel like they notice things out of like uh, their peripheral or like they get a weird sense about them. Like things get cold, things get definitely quiet, right. things like that. It's funny that you say that because like I mentioned, I went ghost hunting with a friend in high school and we took some pictures and we were like, oh, those are orbs for sure. Like they're not glares on the window or anything or dust. Those are orbs for sure. Maybe yeah. I'll like find, I'll see if I can find some of those pictures. They were taken off an old digital camera. So God knows if I still have them, but I should post some of them like on the Instagram or something. That's really the most of it. What a lot of people had said, like a lot of their pictures were distorted or had images and stuff. Um, yeah. That's mostly what I found. Makes sense. So a lot of locals that kind of like uh, drive early morning commutes. I've been there when I was going to school in the city. They claim that they can see soldiers along the tree line kind of just walking or meandering. Um, and it's kind of like that time between like the sun coming up, if you will. I don't know why but a lot of people claim they see that i don't know i'm going so fast i can never notice anything i don't think i would pick up on that i'm too terrified to hit a damn deer but um i've never seen any that's true if i'm going through there at night i'm looking for deer yeah yeah i mean oh gosh it is real bad yeah um crazy i guess they just don't have an army keeping it in check it's a problem nowadays um so number four, it's the ghost of John Waterman at Valley Forge. Um, at the end of the 1700s, while trying to find grave sites, a grave stone was discovered with the initials JW. Some theorize it is John Waterman, but it has never been 100% confirmed because they haven't like dug him up and or exhumed him and confirmed, if you will. But the reason they claim that it's never happened before is because not long after it was discovered, it ended up being removed. And then no one knew where the actual burial was. That's weird. And they don't know who removed it? It's really weird. Nope. No. I tried to find anywhere, like maybe it was taken to be put like in a museum yeah, or in something to, you know, be viewed. Nothing. Can't find it. Nothing about it. That is really weird. Do you know Do you know how big the, big the gravestone was? Was it something like large, like a like no. when you would normally see no. today? So something smaller that somebody could have just probably walked off with. Yep. So. Yeah. Because those things are... Heavy. Let me tell yeah. you. So there was at the time a monument place to commemorate all the soldiers who died at Valley Forge, but everyone referred to it as Waterman's Monument. It's a 50 foot granite obelisk that was erected in 1901 by the Daughters of the Revolution. And this monument says to the soldiers of Washington's army who sleep in Valley Forge 1777 to 1778. Um, that's a quote that's on it. And I find it interesting because technically everyone claims like no one's buried there, but 
you have this monument stating like to the army that sleeps here. It just confuses me. Is that the obelisk that you walk down a path that's pretty yep. close to 23 and you can walk down? Yep. And, okay, gotcha. That's it. Yeah. And apparently, according to multiple articles that I read, that is close to where his actual burial was. But how close? I mean, that's everyone has a different opinion on what closes. Allegedly, I guess, because they don't know. Uh, Gotcha. And then the last one is basically the myth that people claim no one is actually even buried at Valley Forge at all. There's no one. Uh, I read a lot of that. Um, And like I said in my head, where are all these bodies? They had to go somewhere. I can't see Um, how there could be zero. Yeah. And I mean, they did. You said they found knee bones and stuff. There had to be at least. Oh, okay. We're going to get there. I'm (laughs) just about to start that. Um, So earlier I stated that there was a hill that uh, uh, underwent like erosion and exposed quote unquote bones. It is theorized that they could have potentially been animal bones. And we were talking about a period that was two decades ago. Could they have been confused animal bones with the soldier bones? Because obviously they ate animals and they had to bury the bones somewhere. But um, I can't figure out if they just like recovered what was being exposed. Like, why can't they just check? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Actually, I'd rather know. But I mean, I guess there's probably now tons of red tape and stuff like that. Yeah. And honestly, it was only a small portion. Like it was only, you know, a small little hill. They had to eat so much six months with like an average of, let's say, 14,000 people. You would think there'd be way more bones of carcasses of other animals of I don't know. Where are these bodies? Yeah. Ah. It is so frustrating to me. I totally get it. We should call it, just call this episode, Where are the Bodies? We should. (laughs) But it's like, I was like going through this and like, that's what I was saying when I said that I guess I had misconceptions about this whole entire thing. To me, I thought there were a ton of people buried there. I I would have assumed so too, or I don't know. I never really thought about it too much, but I'm like, this is, this is a war memorial. This is it. Yeah. There are so many monuments and statues um, located along there. I guess it's just something I assumed. Um, Yeah. I don't know why. So, yeah. I guess there's not so much spooky there as I thought. I'm sorry. But I hope you enjoy it. I don't. If you go visit, you definitely get a vibe at night. Even driving through while I'm focused on the deer, there's still kind of a creepy vibe to it. So, it's worth checking out, and it's beautiful, and there's tons of history. So definitely a cool place, whether there's ghosties or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's something that's five-mile loop a lot, like by myself, too. And when I get to, I'm fine until I get to a certain part, um, past the big, big monument. The arch. Um, the big yeah. the arch. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. And get around going back around that way where that picnic area is and where that little section of woods is on your left when you're yeah, walking the trail. Yep. And that every time I get to that point, I get really freaked out. Oh, you're and right. And I'm constantly looking. Yeah. Always looking around, like making sure that, you know, have my wits about me and I'm, you know, making sure that I know where everybody else that's there is. And, and you know, it's from there to the parking lot up by the the Von Steuben statue is like, that's, I pretty much walk the fastest from, from that point. 
because it just creeps me out the whole rest of the way. Are they spirits or is it because we're women in a park? I was thinking when you said you were looking at other people, I was like, that's because you're a woman. (laughs) I'm wondering, is that how we were raised because we have to? (laughs) Yeah. That's a whole other conversation. But I mean, there's still plenty of people around. Sure. So, you know, but it's just, I think because it's just that part's not as great and open as the rest of the walking trail is. And that just kind of, and then that's by that point, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Why did I do this? And (laughs) I have blisters on my feet. Why did I walk this? I'm too ambitious for my own good. Another kind of terror. For my my body type. (laughs) I don't know. We, I mean, like I said. now it's like, yeah. We go there a lot. I, I think I've even been there with Grace before. We have, um, yeah. Your dog jumped in the water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bad dog. But for me, even all the way back to high school, I would never be there past dark. When it's like starting to yeah. set, like I don't even want to be there really okay, at night. Yeah, um, like we're booking it. And we took um, actually spooky photos, me and Landon. Well, I took them of Landon. And I forgot like how little his legs were and I didn't time it right. And it was getting dark. And I'm like, you better run or you're being left behind. (laughs) I'm like, move. And we were carrying this huge pumpkin. It was so heavy and he was so little. And I'm like, bad choices. We haven't been back. I was so traumatized. (laughs) Yeah, but it's a wonderful place to visit. It's so scenic. If you haven't been there and you live like within an hour, highly suggest it. Absolutely. That's all we have for this episode of Keystone Cold Cases podcast. Please remember never to reach out to family or friends of the victims, only to law enforcement if you have any tips. This episode was researched and hosted by Chelsea Brown. Find all of our sources, social media connections, and contact information at kccpod.com. The music and production assistance from Darren Makins. Join us again next week for another case to sleuth out.